Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm the L of the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Man, you talk about an episode that is powerful. This episode right here is is the one. It's the one. There is a lot to learn from our guest this week. And I'm so excited that he even agreed to do this and and be on the podcast. And as you'll see, be extremely reflective and vulnerable inside our conversation. And also answer some questions that a lot of people have about Mike Brown and when they're going to see him again. I'll get to that momentarily. Let me tell you that this podcast is possible. Because of the fine folks at Mazda of Orland Park, ZoomZoomNation.com. If you want a unique buying experience, you should definitely go check them out. Go get yourself a CX-5. Go find yourself a sports car over there at Mazda. Do that. And tell them that you heard about them on the House of L podcast. We are also brought to you by 56david.com. David Hochberg, a good man if you're trying to buy a home or refinance a home and you're looking for someone to help you out to explain some of the financing issues, this is the guy that can do it. 855-56-DAVID is the number that you should call. And when you call him, you should be like, hey, Lawrence said you're a good dude, said that you can help me out with my home. Help me out. Make a miracle, David. He does stuff like that. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. If you're new to the podcast, I should give you a little bit of history about me. I spent, I would say that my career started to blossom once I started to cover the Bears. I've always joked that covering the Bears is the city hall of sports. A lot of eyes are on you because a ton of eyes are on them. And being able to cover a team that's that popular that closely it means that more people are going to pay pay attention to what it is that you do. So I started covering the Bears in 2003. And it was great. Right at the end of Dick Duran's era is when I, I started to cover the team. And I got the opportunity to see them bring in Lovey and watch that kind of ascent to them playing in the Super Bowl in the 2006 season, in February of 2007, but in the 2006 season. Which means I got to see the zenith of a lot of careers of some of the favorite Bears, and I've been lucky enough to work with a bunch of them too. I got to see Lance's whole career. I got to see almost all of Alex's career, except for you know the time when he went to New Orleans, and then there was the Beast Quake. I'm just playing 9-6. I got to see most of Olin's career as a Bear. Pretty much all of Erlacher. Like, all all of the, the greats. Charles Tillman, who we talk about in this episode. And Mike Brown. And Mike Brown is one of those players that I think Bears fans gravitate towards. He's kind of got all the stuff that... Bears fans like he's tough he's smart selfless and he's a great player and a great teammate 
And the only thing that, that stood in his way was these injuries. Like, he kept getting injured. And to go on to have, what, a 10-year career in the league is amazing. But it always felt like he could have done more. And, like, the Super Bowl itself, and I don't mean effort-wise. Like, obviously, like, he gave tremendous effort trying to rehab and come back all the time. But I think the Bears fans recognize his great greatness and wish they could have seen more of his greatness. And then the worst part is seeing that Bears team be so good in 2006 and him be a part of it, see them get to the Super Bowl and the injustice of him not playing in it. I mean, it, it, I, and I talked to Mike about this inside the episode. It used to be on media day. It's still this way. Like you can talk to anyone who is in the organization. But what would happen was, is that everyone would be out there on the field and you go talk to whoever you want to talk to. And with the Super Bowl this past season, because I was at, the, I was at this last year's Super Bowl. It's more television show. And I get that, like it's their property and it's totally fine. But there isn't, there aren't as many opportunities to do like in-depth stuff. Now it was cool for me because Dave Tobe is the, the special teams coordinator for Kansas City. So I spent like 20 minutes talking with Dave Tobe. I talked with some other people that had Chicago ties too. But when I was covering the team, you're trying to do the stories that you haven't done. So Everyone is made available in the organization. Like we could talk to people that we never got to talk to trainers and, you know, upper management, like that sort of thing. And I was looking for Mike Brown. Like I was looking for Mike Brown and Tommy Harris. And it hurt. Like you're not really supposed to be emotionally attached to stories. And when it comes to whether a team wins or loses, like I, that part doesn't phase me as much anymore. But when it comes to the personal stories, and I had at that point spent four years getting to know Mike and knowing his story and knowing what he had gone through, it hurt me to see him out there knowing that he wasn't going to play in the Super Bowl. So we spent some time talking about that. I think he's a lot of Bears fans' favorite Bear. And so it was cool to sit down with him. He uh, he hit me up, and I said, hey, man, we were just talking about baseball. I think we were talking about Mookie Betts. And I was like, we need to do the interview, Mike. Like, we need to do the interview. And he was down for it. So I think that you're going to enjoy this. A lot of the questions that you've had about Mike Brown, like, is he ever going to coach? Because everyone thinks that he'd be a great coach. He makes a very great argument on why it would be difficult for him to coach. What was it like to not play in that Super Bowl? There's a very emotional conversation that happens there. Why was he so good? at scoring as a defensive player. I got the secret to that too. 
and why he loved the Bears in Chicago. And why, even after being healthy in the 2009 season with Kansas City, he walked away. All of that is explained. And he makes an impassioned plea for one of his teammates to be in the Hall of Fame. That's a tease inside the beginning of a podcast, huh? This was a lot of fun. A great interview. Number 30, Mike B. Lawrence, man, I I was telling, uh, you know, my family, we we saw you last time we saw you was in, uh, we saw a baseball game. Yes. And so, yeah, so like, they were like, who who you talking to? I was like, man, Lawrence, y'all know Lawrence. And they were like, man, who is Lawrence? I'm like, you know, the little short dude. I'm like, wait a minute, he (laughs) might be taller than me. (laughs) No, I think, I think you're a little bit taller, but yes, I'm the the non-football player that was in the box (laughs) with you guys. Uh, that night was actually a lot of fun, man. That was a great time, yeah. Like, so that's the last time that we spoke like face to face. So, yeah. Man, that's good. But how you doing? I'm doing great, Lawrence. Like, um, life is good for me. Um, you know, I, I call it like, you know, I've, I've had a lot of seasoning. You know what I'm saying? I've been through a lot of things, and like just growing up. You know, I'm 42 now, so just learning life and learning uh mistakes how to how to get over those things and how to be a better person so that's where i'm at right now and i I remember you saying like look i'm I'm out here playing super dad right now like that's that's the position that i'm playing yeah, for sure. so so what's it like yes. to be super dad well let me tell you my daughter she's uh just started her first day of her sophomore year in high school wow today. Right, but it's all it's all on it's all it's online. So like I'm just like, yo, I'm hyped because I know when I was a sophomore, like I told her, I was like when I was a sophomore, that's when my life changed. That was like when my mind knew what I wanted to do, and then I was willing to put in the effort to go get it. You know what I'm saying? So everything I needed to do, like, and now that happened my sophomore year. So I was just reminiscing. I'm like, dang, I got a daughter that's man, she's a sophomore. And then I was like, man, when I was a sophomore, I was like, man, that's when my mind and my body and everything I wanted, that's when I knew it. So, I mean, she's, she's a, like, she has taught me a lot, which is, which is special. You know what I'm saying? Like when you can get, when you can learn from a child, that's pretty cool. So she started her sophomore year and we're going to see what's going to happen because it's crazy out here. And, but I, I have a lot of faith in her because she's uh She's strong-willed. She's self-motivated, and we just we you know we we send all all we can to her. You know, we give her support, try to help her out, let her be her. So that's how we roll. What do you think is the biggest lesson that your daughter has taught you? Oh, the biggest lesson is, that's taught me is like, um, oh, that's a great question. That is a great question. You know what she's taught me? She's taught me not to be selfish. Like, like not, not, not like a, um, not like a, just a, like an internal selfishness. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, what, what are you really doing this for? So she taught me that. How did it manifest was- itself? Like, how did you come to the realization? You're like, man, I'm, I need to, I need to understand that I, I, I need to look outward and I need to be looking at everyone else that that's in this family. Man, Lawrence, I can't tell you when that happened. I can't tell you. I know it's just been a, a journey. You know what I'm saying? 
But see, I'm, I, I, my, my, my parents always taught me, man, hey, man, you better be, you just keep climbing, bro. Just keep climbing. So whatever comes to me, like that's how, that's how I was raised. And when it comes to me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do the best I can, right? With that man, do the best you can. And if you do that, you can live with the results. Now the results might be sucky and crazy, but you can, you can, you can be all right. But see, like somehow, somehow, like I don't believe, like when you become, when you become a pro athlete, it becomes very, um, you know, we talk about team and all that, but it's definitely becomes more a personal thing because it's business involved. So that's why you see like the, the pro part of it. That's why I like the bubble because it's just ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we're going to see who really wants to play ball and who doesn't want to play ball. You, you hear the, you like live mics, like you see the competitiveness, you see dude, you're like, man, that, man, the dude play ball. You know what I'm saying? But the pro part of it, like traveling, dealing with the media, doing all that kind of stuff, that takes, you have to be very strong mentally and all that. And that's taxing. And some people um, don't get taught that. You know what I'm saying? Some people just get thrown into it. Some people don't care about it, you know? So I guess that's the, the one thing that I know that has changed about me is just that piece of being like, that personal selfishness, uh, it's left me. And I would say it started when I had my daughter and then it's, and that's when things started changing for me. Like the decisions I was making and like things I would do, you know, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm going on and on Lawrence. So I'm well, sorry that's the beauty. Talking, that's, that's the beauty of a podcast though. Like you can talk, like we don't have to worry about any commercials. <laughs> you can talk as long as you want. You can say <laughs> whatever you. you want. I mean, you yeah. you, sh- you should go back and listen to the Spice Adams one. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's my dude. I, mean, I just like that's my that like Spice is my man, bro. Like that dude right there. That he's a special person. Like that guy right there is a special dude. I love that man. Me too. <laughs> like beyond, like yeah, he's he's one of my favorite. Oh oh, you, you, I got a dog. Hey, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> Sit down. I'm sorry. It's all good. Like I gotta say, I don't even all like this... dogs. I don't even like dogs. It's for the children. Oh, see, look, mama see, came... there's hey, you being mama selfless. Came, mama came and got it. <laughs> Anyways, what's up, Lawrence? So, so let's 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 talk a little bit about Spice for a second. I had this yeah, conversation with Spice, and he was it was so great, Mike. He was he was talking to me about knowing that it was over for him. And he was talking about every, yeah. like all the things that he went through where he's like, oh yeah, these coaches tell you all the time, but they got a spot for you or this, <laughs> this guy, yeah. they, they got a spot for you. And he said that sitting there through that whole season, it took him probably until November or December to be like, oh, I guess I'm not, I guess I'm done playing football. Like that, that's right. a, that's a hard reality. I think it's one of the most interesting things about what you guys do because you're, you're superstars for forever. From the time that I'm guessing right. you were probably 15 years old, you're a yep. superstar, and then you're in your 30s, and you're like, oh, well, what what am I supposed to do now? So, right for for you, what was that journey like of figuring out what am I supposed to do now? Well, I remember, um, like you know. The writing was on the wall with me with my career with the Bears, man. You keep getting hurt, bro. 
like you can't keep paying you like that was understood we so we left on good terms me and the bears like that's my squad like we left on good terms so i had one year with kansas city and it was one of those years where like i was like one of the oldest dudes in the locker room that was my first time ever being like that and so it was like um and we had a team that was full of young dudes man i'm like 23 24 right so and like i i I mean, the coach, it was, it was, it was Haley brought me in, you know, coach Haley. And he's like, man, we're going to teach these dudes how to be pros. And that was a tough, it was tough for me. It was really tough because, um, you know, I had something to prove because, you know, I was kept getting hurt and I was like, man, I'm still a good football player. But at the same time, it's like, man, these young dudes are coming up. So like I was, I was in a, in a difficult position. And so, and plus, you know, like, you know, moving and all that and like doing that. So like for the first half of that season, man, I was like, I was mentally frayed. So I played, I wasn't playing well, but then the last half I started getting back to my rhythm, like, okay, back to ball and playing, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, after that season, it was like, man, you know, that's my 10th season playing ball. That's all I do is play ball. And then, you know, you're like, man, nothing, you know, like, like Spice was saying, crickets, right? Still working out, though. I mean, I'm working out. I'm doing, like, all the things I need to do to be ready. And one day I was running. It was like I was doing 100-yard ladders, and I'm running. And literally, like, I was, like, halfway through my workout, and I was like, I'm done. I don't, I don't have the, um, the want to to do this anymore and that hurt and that hurt so when that's that's what it was for me when so you're you're going through this process and are are you thinking like once you 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 take the the break like in the middle of this ladder and you're like is this my mind messing with me or am i actually done does that conversation even take place yeah yeah definitely it's you know as an athlete you know like like pain, uh, you can't do it. That stuff you put, you like, man, I can do it. Like, like dudes play, like you don't understand. Like football players, the, the amount of stuff they play, like broken bones, and like, it's stupid. Like it's stupid. Like to be able to do that, and like so, if you you've been able to do all that, and then you you say like, dude, it's not even worth it anymore. And I remember telling myself I wouldn't do it if it's just for the money. Now I had opportunities. Like I had teams call me. But I was like, I'm done, bro. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Man, that's a that's a hard and and mature decision to make when there's literally millions of dollars like sitting in front of you. Exactly. I mean, it's in like you know minimum. <laughs> and, you know, back in, yeah, minimum. That's what they were they were offering minimum, and it was a million. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what? Yeah. So you like, wait a minute. I got you know. I still got family. Like man, like with this money, like you know as as a, as a person who lives life, like money helps you do things, right? Doesn't make you happier or whatever, like we all, but it helps you get through things. I'm like, man, that's, that's like, that's a, so that's the struggle I had. I'm like, I'm making a dumb decision. Like just, this doesn't make sense in my mind, like the way my mind thinks. But for me personally, it was the best decision I could make. Why do you love ball? Because I, I've been around a lot of players, Mike, and I know that everyone loves the game. But you have to have you seem to have this this real affection for the game. 
that I find to be rare in, in, in professional players. Where does that come from? Dude, it's, a, it's the game, man. <laughs> like, you know, with Herm said, you play to win the game. That's so right. that's the whole thing. You play to win the game. So no matter no matter who's the best, who's the fastest, who's the strongest, we playing this game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I can I can give you work too. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're better, faster, stronger, but I can give you work too. And maybe if I just keep working harder than you, I'll give you more work than you give me. <laughs> so that's that's the thing I loved about it because athletic wise, shoot, I ain't I can't sniff these dudes. I can't sniff them. But my heart and like the way I like every like every play, my effort, I can match that. I can do that. So those are the things that I like is because you see dudes like big dudes jump and run and fast. That's the one thing I love about sports. It's like the little dude who keeps doing the thing the right way or the slowest dude keeps doing the right way, he can win too. <laughs> so that's why I love sports and competition. A lot of people talk about your ability to to play the game mentally as is one of your strengths as a player. When did that light turn on about working towards being the smartest player on the field? Oh man, you know what? That that's something like um hmm, that's that's a very interesting question. So that that takes me a little bit of thought to think about like when the mental part, I would say the mental part happened in college. Like we used to we used to do a lot of um like our, our coaches at Nebraska, man, we had like coaches that had been there for 25 years. So they had a lot of pedigree. I mean, they talked to all, you know, the NFL coaches. So we, we ran a lot of like NFL concepts in our defense. And so at that time when I came in, like I was like, man, you know, trying to figure it out. But then, you know, me, I'm starting to get like, man, you need to be over here. You need to be over here. You need to be like, so it was just natural for me to just get people in the right spot. But I didn't even know what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, man, you need to be over here. <laughs> but then when I got to the NFL, Coach Vance uh, Bedford, and then we, when he, when I got with him and like something about him, like the game, just like the way he was speaking about the game and the things I saw with him speaking about it, it just, it was like, a, um, I don't know, like it's, it's like things become pictures in my mind. So when he's speaking, I can see it in my mind. It's just a picture, like whatever it is. So um, I think it's just a naturalness. I think God made me to be a competitor, to be um, someone that has uh, like, you know, my, my dad, like Brown, my, my, my dad's side of family, all, you know, super, super strong, super, um, super hard workers and like just do what they got to do. So they just warrior mentality. So I think that's where I got it from. But definitely Nebraska didn't know. But then when I got to uh, Coach Bedford, then I knew. So, so so you were doing it at Nebraska, but you didn't know right. what you were doing. And I then- didn't know what I was doing. Like so this so the story, so we had uh so Greg Blosh, you know, Greg Pos like the, the story is like, man, he comes in, right? And like so this is you know, before the draft, he's like, Hey man. And he puts me on the board, right? You know, they have this story like, man, he's one of the smartest dudes. I'm like, hey, man, all I know, he's like, hey, when you run this coverage or when you run this defense, I'm like, hey, man, that's all I know. This dude's supposed to be here. This guy's supposed to be here. And so, like, I'm just like, this is where the people are supposed to be. Like, I don't I don't know why they're supposed to be there. 
but this is where they're supposed to be. <laughs> and so he's like, man, like, so that was the thing. I was like, man, he's super smart. But no, nah, it's just like, I just knew where people were supposed to be. <laughs> so what do you think it was about Bedford that allowed you to visualize what was happening on the field better? Like, it seems as if he was well, better be at articulating it. Let me, let, to be honest with you, it's because he, I mean, um, he was black. Like, I hate to say it, he was black, man. You know what I'm saying? So the way, the way he could uh, articulate uh, the things was different, right? He has a, uh, a different understanding. He has a, there was a level of comfort, comfort, comfort with, and Coach Bedford, man, he's a great coach now. Like Coach Bedford, you look at his back, like like Coach Bedford is a great coach. You know what I'm saying? But just for me. Like, so I always say that it's for me. It's not for everybody. But for me, that's what I think it was. That was the, man, let me think about it. That was the first, uh, like, I mean, really black coach that I had that was like in my face. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a, a daily conversation with. Wow. Like, think, like to think about that, like this is 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, like it's, yeah. it's not that long ago that, that, that you ended up having a coach like that, like you having a black coach that that had an impact. You know what? On you. you know what, Lawrence? Let me take it back. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna slow down. Actually, when I was in high school, okay. Let me let me, let me check that. I'm gonna check myself because I had to reach back. Let me check that. <laughs> when I was in high school, when I was in high school, we had an assistant coach. He was a receiver coach, and he used to play in the league. Man, what was his name? This in Scottsdale. Yes, yes, yes. Back in the day, ninety nine was 95, somewhere around there, ninety four, ninety five. What was his man's name? He played with the Broncos, but somehow he ended up being assistant coach for a hot minute with us, like for real. Like his name was Coach Harris, and like he gave me like, like on field, like on field stuff. Like we're playing games, but hey, man, next time this happens, do this, and like that. Like I, I like, he was like, "Hey man, next time." Like I was a running back, so he was like, "One time he was like, hey man, don't get too close to the sideline, right? So when you have the dude has the angle on you, you run at him and just get you a little bit more uh, room on that sideline. Then when they push you, right, they ain't strong enough to push you out of bounds, right? You still have that room. And then I guarantee you, the next play, like next play, two plays, get the pitch. I hit the sideline, right? Dude got the angle on me. I'm like, hey, the dude. So like, I, I I got off the sideline a little bit. Dude pushed me. And I tight rope the sideline touchdown. And I was like, damn, <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. So I'll take that back. His name was Coach Harris. I gotta, I gotta, I had to dig deep for that one. That's... That was I'm talking about. You know, daily, daily face to face contact and talking to. I was told that part of the reason that you were so effective defensively when you oh, guys were tell me what the people talking about, the, please. The, the people <laughs> would say that because of your time as a, a high school running back, that oh. when you got the ball, you understood how to make the offensive linemen on the other team have to go side to side. And you were always going to win that race with the guys on defense. Yeah, but see, it took me a while because, like, um, I <laughs> when I was in high, like, I didn't get a lot of picks 
but like somehow when I, <laughs> but like, yeah, you could just see it. Like big people, you like offensive linemen can't tackle. They don't do that. So what you got to do as a defense, and this is Lovey's system though. This is Lovey. So it's like, once you get the ball, basically what we, what Lovey taught us was this, like any ball that's on the ground, you pick it up. I don't care. And we start running toward <laughs> towards the end zone, right? And then you set up a wall, the, the nearest number, whatever number is the nearest. So this is taught to us now, <laughs> the nearest number. So you set up a wall on the number, right? So now we're just running. And who, like in the, the people who usually make the tackles are like the fast people. It's gonna be the- uh, the, uh, the receivers. The receiver. Yeah. Right, so the, the person that the ball is thrown to, block him first, demolish him, and then like, look back but we setting up a wall but we looking backwards right and so when you get the ball i'm like okay right but you you know offensive linemen are spread out everywhere so what you got to do is just you just start a direction like offensive like elephants right just (laughs) shoot them (laughs) hey i'm going this way and they start running that way and it takes like two steps one two and they go that way and you just come back and they just have a hard time like turning their body and then and you so have, then by you, then, the wall is set block. up. Yeah, you got, you got the block. You're like, everyone is set up. So, like, it's just, it's like, it's like colors. Remember, you can, you can run down or you can walk down, whatever one you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a favorite return? Oh, favorite return? I mean, obviously, Man. like, the person who's listening to this is, yeah. is going to well, say know, the, the, San the Francisco two, or, like, or Cleveland. Like, like um yeah those i mean favorite return come on dude like that's my career man that's like you can't those two are amazing like it's to this day i still can't believe how it happened why it happened you know what i'm saying it's very strange and it happened to me you know what i'm saying and so like people talk about it all the time so i don't know (laughs) But, hey, I'm glad it happened to me. And, like, I'm glad I was a part of all that because that year was special, 2001, man. Like, I was a youngster, and we had a we had squad, and we had a lot of older veteran dudes, like old school dudes that taught me a lot about life. Dick Jerron, you know what I'm saying? Dick Jerron is one of my favorite coaches. He's a great man. He's a genuine man. Uh, like, so I was a very lucky person to be around a whole bunch of people who were invested in not only like the betterment of, you know, whatever they were doing, but also invested in me personally. So if you're around that, like I'm, I'm about that village, like it takes a village. So the more, the merrier for me. What do you think makes a great coach? Well, I guess it depends on what level you're talking about. I think if you're starting off uh, like super young, like, um, you know, I've been around, you know, my kids, i I've coached them, um, you know, now I, they don't really like to hear me. So like, I just umpire, you know, do that thing. But <laughs> I would say youngsters, youngsters, the first thing you want to do is teach them how to play, like catch the ball, throw it. And this is how you play. Right. So fundamentals, like I, I think when you're young, it's fundamentals. And then as that builds, you'll find out who's competitive and who's not. And as you keep moving on, those those people that are very competitive and like you like, okay, you can you can add on to. But I would say so you get up to high school, right? 
same thing. But now it's more competitive. So now we're trying to win these games. Like we really need to win these games. So now I'm going to be a little bit tougher on you. Uh, you already know the fundamentals. You messed up over here. You know what I'm saying? Bam, bam, bam. Now pros, I think it's different. I think sometimes you get uh, professional athletes that come in that aren't pros, right? So that's why you have to have a whole staff, right? So I think to me as a professional head coach, manager, whatever, it's more about managing people than managing the game, right? You, you always going to have the, if I was a, a manager or a professional coach, I would be like, hey, I'm going to have a staff that I have man, y'all, y'all do that. And then I'm going to be the one that, nah, I don't like that. I don't like this. Oh, that's good. But when it comes to the people, you know, like, Hey man, what's going on with you? You got to manage these folks, man. You got to manage these folks. Life is happening, man. Kids are coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why wife left me. You know what I'm saying? There's like real stuff. Uh, like, all kind of crazy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Dude got arrested, you know what I'm saying? We don't know what's going on. So I think that is the thing that I would, if I would ever be able to be a professional head coach, I wouldn't care about like uh, X's and O's. I'd be like, man, what's up? Like, I need this dude, like he can play, <laughs> but I need to make sure he's mentally ready to do it. Do you think about coaching? Uh, you know what? Um, you know, my, I do, I do, but I like, I like it young, man. So like for, for real, like, you know, I used to coach like my kids, but they just, it's hard, you know what I'm saying? And then you got the parents to deal with too. So what I find is like, well, I, I do umpire baseball. So I'm able to do coaching and control the pace of the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, hey, strike zone, you know, like when the coaches come up, I'm like, hey, coach, my strike zone's going to be big. Now, if someone can throw strikes, man, we might try to, you know, tighten it up. If they can't, we swinging bats. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to be over here for like three hours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so once they understand that, and then just the game starts moving, the ball is thrown over the plate, kids are swinging, everyone's having fun, parents are laughing smiling you know what i'm saying so that is i think that's where i, I first caught the joy was like like little league baseball when i was a youngster it's like man everyone's laughing having a good time but i also remember like parents going crazy and and like super intense and so being able to to see it firsthand right because you know i was always like players play coaches coach cheerleaders cheer but now being on the other end of it you can see you see it from a different perspective. Well, the reason that I ask is that it's the number one question that people ask me about you. Please, what is it? Is Mike Brown gonna coach? Because I oh. and here's here's how it always goes. Hey, Lawrence, when's the last time you talked with Mike Brown? Oh, you know, I, every now and again we we hit each other up on DMs or whatever. Like, is he gonna coach? Because he would listen. be a great coach. That's what people think. Lawrence, Lawrence I dude. Chico, but when the Panthers went to uh, the, the Super Bowl, I was there in the summer. I was an intern. I was there. Coach Wilkes, Steve Wilkes was there. You know what I'm saying? I was in in the in there, dude. They have meetings to talk about the meeting they gonna have, and then another meeting to talk about the other meeting. 
I'm like, this is stupid. I'm in the, I'm in the meeting. So, man, this is ridiculous. Like what? Like this? <laughs> we wait for, like, can we go to sleep? Can we like talk talk to the players? Like you know what I'm saying? How are you gonna have a meeting talking about the meeting we getting ready to have? Like that's dumb to me. So like I can't do that. <laughs> and then a meeting yeah, afterwards that, to talk about yeah, what happened yeah, in the I'm meeting. Mad. I'm, I, I can't do it. I get mad, bro. Well, Mike, I always I always wonder. I always wonder about these coaches and I see them and they're like, oh, you know, I've been sleeping at the facility and I, I get to the facility at a quarter to four. And I'm like, why do you do For that? What? <laughs> like, why? It doesn't make For any what? sense. Good, good job. <laughs> Turn the coffee on, bro. If you're there that early, can you hit the coffee for the rest of us? You know what I'm saying? Keep going. But, but I think I think the the Bears fans in particular, like they have so much, like they love you so much that, and they see the smarts, and they're like, "Damn, Mike Brown would make a a hell of a coach." So they're always one. But you're right, like you're right, like a coach's life is not fun at all, not all, not 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 the NFL coaches that I know, not even the college coaches, man. Like I like I have like um, especially when I go back to uh, my, you know Nebraska. Ugh. When I go back there, man, I talk to, you know, I mean, this old school. So I like, I have, they're old school. So relationships, you have like, I mean, I know the coaches' wives, you know what I'm saying? And I talk to their wives, man. And they're, I mean, they love their husbands, but all of them be like, they were never home, bro. <laughs> like, damn. Yep. Never home. So. That's not that's not the life I not right now. Maybe once once my like Gilbert Gilbert was like a mentor of mine also. So once his kids got a little bit older, you know, he knew they were straight, then he got into the game. So maybe once my kids get a little, you know, once I know that they're gonna be all right, maybe. Was it always football or was because you were a really good baseball player too in high school? Yeah. Um, Baseball is just is um. I mean, you we I like baseball. Like I love baseball. Like it's just something that like I enjoy. Like I respect it, but it's just it's just a game of failure. And that me and my mind, I'm telling you, with failure, it, it, I struggle with that. So even if you hit 300, I'm like, what about the other seven, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't like that game. And then also, I didn't have an arm. So I couldn't throw. So you could run down everything, but then you couldn't could, throw it. But then I'm like, hey, cut off, man. You got to <laughs> cut it off. <laughs> you got to come cut it off, bro. <laughs> well, I always wondered, like, were you drafted? Well, there, there's, I mean, there's many stories. I was, but this was like, it was like the 63rd round, but, um, the A's called me and they were going to draft me in the second round. They were like, but are you going to play football? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to play football. Dude. And so that was it. You could have had that Mookie Betts money. Oh, I know. But like, but my heart wasn't in it, but my heart wasn't in it. Your heart wasn't in it. Your your heart was in, was in, in playing defense and and coming downhill and hitting people. So, so let me ask you about that. What, what type of person does it take? to play the safety position the right way? Oh, that's Lawrence. There's so many different types of safeties, man. It depends on what system you're in. Um, I would say, like, like this is going to be, 
I would say I was I was always in the wrong position. Like I would say I, my my skill set and what I could do, um, I was always not in that position. Like uh, I was I'm like they like they call me a free like free safety. That's what I play. But I, my what I do is strong safety stuff. But the thing is, so this is what this is what the thing is like. What Lawrence? I get people lined up, bro. Right. <laughs> I get them lined up, so that that is a uh, that is a skill. If you can, if you're able to do it quickly, that is a skill. You can get people in the right position. So, um, yeah. So that's what I would say about all that. I I always felt like you were a guy who played with a strong safety mentality, no matter what, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like the, like the FS that's, next like, to a, your name didn't matter to me. Like I'm coming, like that's I'm hitting. Like whoever has the ball, I'm gonna go get them. I'm gonna hit them hard, and I hope I have a whole bunch of people with me coming to hit them, and we're gonna try to get the ball out. And like, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Like I like safeties that are not afraid of contact. Like I want that safety to come, and like, yeah, I'm here. And like you might have thought you got through all this, but I'm here, and you're gonna taste this too. <laughs> you got through, you got through the madness, but not quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> on on the great Bears defenses that you played on, how important was communication? Oh, communication is the key to the key to life. <laughs> Lawrence, communication is the key to life. It's the key to life. If you can't communicate with somebody, or if they don't understand you, what are we gonna be? Just stuck. Lost. <laughs> lost. You're <laughs> just lost. gonna be lost. That's it. But it seemed like all three levels of your defense, it seemed like everyone kind of understood. And the way that you guys would communicate with each other, I I always marveled at that because it seemed like everyone knew what they were supposed to do, where they were supposed to be, and were okay if they weren't where they were supposed to be with someone being like, hey, you need to be here and and working off of that. How long does it take to develop something like that? Dude, you just got to have the right people. So, like, that's out of my pay grade. I didn't pick the players. You know what I'm saying? You just play with the people that are there. So, I would say that we had a lot of good players, Lawrence. A lot of good Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Players. We had Hall of Fame players. A lot of smart players. Who chose those players? So that's what I would go to. You got to who chose them. You know what I'm saying? So you can we can always go there. But it's always going to be the players. It's always going to be the players and how they react with each other. So the game, that's why I love sports, because it doesn't matter what anyone says. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, whoever's out there, that's what matters. And to me, that's why I love sports, love competition, because to me, it's the truest thing, unless someone's laying down. But in football, it's, it's too physical just to lay down. Can we go back to 2005 for a second? Sure, let's go. Uh, I, I, 
Alex and I have this conversation a lot. Oh, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> we have this conversation because he, he loved that season. Like, he loved how good yeah. you guys' defense was. He loved what you guys did. And and I remember, I remember you guys started out one and three. And that's when that's when we got the talk. That's when we got 30 coming into the locker room. <laughs> I didn't really say nothing, but it was just the truth, right? It was the truth. It, it was the truth. People took it wrong. People took it they wrong. Took it like, wrong. They, they didn't listen to what you had actually said. Actually saying. Exactly. What you actually had said, it's like we suck. It, right. It's not that we suck. We suck. It's that it's like we suck. Like so, we suck. so, so take me back to, to the feeling of you understanding that you guys might have something that season and how disappointing it was when you started the way you did. And then what it felt like when you started rattling off win after win after win. Word. I love that. So first of all, like we, we all knew, like we had this, we, we were good. We're like, man, we're good. And that's what it was. It was like, man, hit like, and that was that Cleveland game for sure. We had, I mean, we were killing them, Lawrence. And then like in the last two minutes, they scored like two touchdowns, beat us. We always found a way to lose, right? So that's all I was saying. It's like, we, hey, I don't know what it is, but we always find a way to lose. And like, so we got to figure this out. So, and then we started winning, right? And winning, boom, right? And then, so confidence, right? Oh, we are good. <laughs> yes, we are. So that's all it took. It just have confidence in what we got. You know what I'm saying? We like, when, a lot of times, like you can feel it, like even when we're playing and Bears, and the, when we're at home, when it's a close game, you can feel the energy in the stadium. Like, oh shit. You could, we could tell it. You can feel the energy. So that's why I'm gonna do like, hey man, come on, come on, we need you to, like, give us better if we need that energy. Because energy, you know, we feed off of that. So we started, so that's what happened. We just started feeding off that energy. And we knew we were good. And we were good. So that's all it is. Once you know you're good, let, like, be good. Don't be like, oh, waiting for something bad to happen. Let's go. So that's all it was, Lawrence. It's that simple. Do you feel like, like, could you feel everyone buy in? Like, in that week that happens between the Cleveland game and the Vikings game, is, is there an actual buy-in that happens, or was it was it not until you guys, you know, you beat the Vikings, you beat Baltimore, that... You got to get a win. So you got to get a win. Getting that one win helps to, like, validate what's validate being said. It. Put a stamp on it. That's right. And then what are we going to do now? And then that's, uh-oh. Oh, we're going to be, Yeah. Pump it up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Keep running. You know what I'm saying? WWE, whatever. The Rock is here. Whatever. People's Champ, all that. Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> it's that simple. Let's go. <laughs> so so what's the feeling that, that you have personally going into the 2006 season? Oh, man. Well... I got we we knew we were going we knew we were good, like we 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 like man we had we had those aspirations right, and then when we started playing, you know what I'm saying? Rex Grossman was like MVP caliber, you know what I'm saying? We was like okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He so, was our offensive player of the month in September of dude, 2006. M- M- 
MVP caliber. They want to know about nobody playing better than Rex Grossman. When I mean, the first like five games we was, we was playing, man, nobody was playing better than that dude. The dude was slinging that thing, and the defense was running through everybody. You know what I'm saying? We had we was like the Rock, the champion. You know what I'm saying? We we had that swag. And then I, I love that season. That's a tough season for me, Lawrence. But yeah, and then. I wish I I wish I could have rolled with them homeboys for the rest of it, but it is what it is. The Arizona game. I mean, that yeah. that to me is the quintessential like Mike Brown moment. Like that yeah, that to me is that, 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 that's it. <laughs> it's like your entire career, like in one it game. It is. In a snapshot, real quick, like, yes, sir. Like I like that in and that's my home. That's my home. That's where I went to high school, fifth grade through. That's my people was there. Had all my homies there. I had, you know, we was deep, deep in Arizona. You know what I'm saying? Deep. I got a funny story about that. <laughs> Check this out. Okay. So I get, <laughs> you'll like this story. So, you know, I get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, they, man, Arizona, they have like, they have their stuff together. Like X-ray, like everything right there. Like we get off the field, they have everything set up. Bam, bam, bam. So we know, we know the deal. And like in Arizona, like like the the bowels of the stadium, are, like it takes a long time to get to the locker room. So I'm driving there. I get into the locker room. I shower up. <laughs> right? I shower up. I come out the shower, Lawrence. Right? Just me, right? And you know who's in the in the locker room? My wife. Oh wow. <laughs> you know what she says? You know what, what she says? Lawrence? Get out, get back out there. You got to no, see says, this. You, no, Lawrence. I come out the shower. She's in the locker room. You know what she says? <gasps> You're naked. The <laughs> <laughs> locker room. And what are you doing here? She starts taking photos. I said, if you don't get your ass up out of here, you know what I'm saying? Get her up out of there. And then, and then it's me and um, man, it's Scott. Um, Scott Hagel, media guy. Yeah, Hagel. And we and we're watching the TV. Man, they point. I said. Me and Scott sitting there said, Scott, don't don't kick it to this man, bro. <laughs> if you kick it to him, like that's dangerous, right? They kick it to him. I said, they kicked it to him and he took it back. We were going nuts in the locker room, bro. It was awesome. Like I I that's one of the best memories I have, man, for real. How hard is that? Like you're you understand like where you're at physically, but your boys are out there fighting their asses off. Without yeah. any help from the offense, Rex turned the ball over six times man, in that game. How many times you want to give it? A, you want to give it again? Six oh, times, like, man, four we, interceptions we, and two fumbles. Hey, we would we would come to the sideline, bro. We over there like, hey man, get some Gatorade. Like, oh, back on the field. Like, what? You need it, yeah, man. Put your helmet back on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that emotion that's going through you as. You see what Erlach had with 25 tackles in that game. Man, was it bro him? Like he was amazing. Like he was a maniac that game, wasn't he? He was a maniac. Well, you were too, and so was Charles. Like the entire everybody, defense. The defense, like everybody was everybody. Like our man, our defense, that was the squad right there, bro. That I, was the squad. I can't even imagine like how gratifying that must have been for you guys to be like, you know what? We'll just win the game. Like, we'll just do it. Since the offense doesn't want to help, we'll just win the game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, how, that was our mentality, bro. Like, I can't lie. That was our mentality. 
and, and trust me, I tell Olin that too. Like I just talked to Olin. I said, you know, you know, training camp is starting up. You know what I'm saying? Just to get into the mood, we used to demolish y'all in two minute drill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kill y'all like three plays and out. But if coach wants y'all to get more work, we're willing to give you the opportunity. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know if you remember this, but I remember this. This is one of my favorite covering Mike Brown stories is that okay. one day during training camp, it, 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 you guys are 11 on 11 and, Ooh. and the, the offense, if they make a play, everyone yeah. cheers. Mm-hmm. If you guys make a play, it's like, Oh, and you looked mm-hmm. over at me and you go, Hey, we're, we're bears too. Like we, we're also on the Bears. It's okay for us to to actually do something good. Hey, we can play too, man. We get paid also. It's so it's so great. All right, so so yeah. let me let me stay with 2006 and like after that Arizona game. What was that locker room like when everyone came in after you guys won? Uh, man, that's a great. You know what? It was probably a little bit different from my perspective, but um, that was definitely that. That I don't. I don't know how to uh, explain it. That is like a um, like I we know moment. Like oh, this is legit, <laughs> right? Like oh, this is for real, right? This isn't like uh, like we are because you don't you don't come back like that's the. Uh, those type of things in football, like those type of games, that's those are like uh, what we call um, the the gods of football are looking out. So once once the gods of football are looking out for you, you're like, man, we can do this. And once again, that's that winning and just like overcoming, just like anything you do. If you can just keep going through it, man, you never know what happens on the other end. Did you stay away from the team the rest of the season? I did, man. I I struggled, bro. I really did. Um, I was there for a while, but then, you know, I had uh, young children. Um, That's that's when, like, I think uh, my mind started uh, betraying me a little bit. Um, I became more cold-hearted, you know what I'm saying? yeah, but I had the family, so I just came out to Cali. I was like, man, I just can't. I mean, they put me, they, you know, I was like, this is this is my, this, basically my things. I mean, they take me off the roster every time I'm like, all right, I'm not even on the roster anymore, so why should I be here? <laughs> but that's, see, that's, that's petty. That's super petty. So that's what my mind was, though. So that's a bad place to be. Well, I know that there, there are some people who believe that the hurt guy is a ghost anyway, that people don't want to see the guy that's hurt because of everything that they have to do. And and I remember like being in Miami, like it it hurt me to see you. Like like honestly, yeah. like it it hurt me to see you because I know how badly you wanted to play right. in that game. You had empathy. You were going in with those two more. Yeah. What was that what was that Lawrence, experience not, like? Dude, it was tough, Lawrence. Like those it's hard for me to even still talk about it. Like I, I try to move on, but I know it's part of my history. Um, it was terrible. <laughs> I was a mess, bruh. I was a mess. Like, um, it's it, it's taken me a long time. A long time to get up and out. 
I'm sorry, Lawrence. It's, I, I, it's hard for me to. I want it back so bad, Lawrence. But it can't happen. So I'm back. It's sunny out here. But yeah, it's tough, Lawrence. But it's in the past, bro. But I still remember it, though. <laughs> I, think that's, remember. I think that's why you hold a very special place for Bears fans is because they know what you went through. Like, everyone knows your story. And here you have this triumphant moment in Arizona. And it's like, fuck. Like, Mike's yeah. hurt. Like, like they win the game, but Mike's hurt. And then yeah. as they, they make it to Miami and, and you guys are, are getting ready for the biggest moment of your life, like, seeing you at the stadium, I was just sitting there going, this guy deserves to be here. Like, this guy deserves got- to be with his brothers on the field. I was there. I was there. I, I I got a back. I got a couple back pedals in right there on the fifty. Got me some back pedals in. You know what I'm saying? I was right there. Got the back pedals in. Called out Devin Hester taking the first thing back. I'm like man, he's had the greatest rookie season ever of all time. He finna take this one back. <laughs> Click up, took it back. So I was there, brother. So and so can we had a good time. <laughs> Can I tell can I tell you a funny story about about that experience? Yeah. So okay, so me and Zach obviously covering you you guys, right? right. So the station mm-hmm. sends us down to Miami and they said, "Okay, since Zach's on the sidelines, Zach gets the Bears. Lawrence, you go cover the Colts." I was like, "Okay." Oh. I was like, "No big deal." So the Colts were all the way up in Fort Lauderdale. So we Oh, were, you was all the way over there. Yeah. So so I was embedded with the Colts and I remember talking with Tony Dungy specifically about Devin Hester because we would have these these coaches conference calls like every week with the other coach and one of the first questions that we would always ask them is what are they going to do about Devin are they going to kick to him are they going to kick out of bounds like are they going to they're going to get like what are they going to do and and so most of the coaches would be like it's the thing that we're thinking about the most the most <laughs> and the most and we have a plan we don't know if the plan's going to work but it it's our plan it's going to work so so dungy is telling us oh no 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 we're not going to we're not going to allow him to have an impact on the game and we know how <laughs> good he is and the blah 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 so I was like, okay, I mean, that's probably your best strategy is to not kick Devin Hester the ball. But the, he, I wouldn't kick it to him. I wouldn't either. <laughs> and, but, but then I guess he, he had read something. He told the story on Dan Patrick, and I was dying laughing because okay. he, he, he said that I was like, I'm not going to be fearful. <laughs> I'm not, oh, oh, oh. not, not going to be fearful. Read the Bible. And then, yes, and then, he kicked, and then he kicked it, and I was like, the whole time, like, I'm sitting there going, I can't, I've been talking to this dude for seven days, and every day when he's asked about this, he's like, not kicking to Devin Hester, this is part yeah. of my plan. And as I see the ball in the air, I was like, I can't believe this shit. Maybe like, he kicked, kicked off to this dude. He kicked it to him. In his so hometown. See, but check this out. See, that's, that's the type of stuff coaches do, right? They're like, hey, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. And then they're like, hey, you know what? I don't care. We're going to go down there. We're going to kick it to him, and we're going to tackle him. That's what Cody's like, man, all week we've been saying we ain't going to kick it to him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, all of a sudden, we're going to kick it to him? No. 
Oh man, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Did you were you able to see Prince at all? Man, bro, hey, I was out there, man, in the rain, singing "Purple Rain" in the rain. Come on, bro, you can't Iconic. beat that. Iconic. <laughs> so, so I got That's the chance crazy. to see him on Friday. Cause oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Well, he, he had a concert before. Okay, so here's how it went down. So okay. by this point. Between being there for at that point seven days, Miami, like just being on South Beach, man, yeah, Miami would take it all out of you. Yep, and all the work that me and me and Zach did, like we were, we were completely done by Friday. Like we were slap happy, slap happy, happy yeah. silly at that point. Done. So they yep. have they had back then they had like the dry erase board and they tell you who was coming to the convention center. So that was. Lovey and Dungy oh. would come to the convention center on Friday. They would do their last like official press conference. It was over at like nine o'clock and we were like, cool. We got the whole day to recover, oh to kick it, like all of this stuff. Then I see them. Yeah, we finally, we finally get a break before they play the big game. So right. then someone puts on the board Prince press conference, one thirty, And I said, I'm coming back. Right. So I said, I was like, there's no way he answers our questions. Like, there's no way Not, yeah. that Prince is going to sit here looking at a bunch of sports dudes and answer questions about anything. So I'm in the back of the room, Mike. I'm in the back of the room. Prince is on mm-hmm. stage. I'll send you the video of it because it's amazing. Please. I got it. Prince is on stage and he, he walks up to the microphone. He goes, contrary to popular belief. I will take your questions. And I'm just sitting there stunned, right? So so a dude in the back of the room, like, raises his hand and asks a question. Prince turns around, starts playing. The no. band, yes, yes, Guitar? yes. The whole Killing. band is all there set up and everything. No. So he plays. He plays for, I think, about 15 minutes. I'm sitting he in the back of the all? room like with my mouth just open because I can't believe that I'm, I'm 200 feet from Prince. I'm, you know, I'm 200 feet from the man. That's the the man. They say Prince is dope. That's what he do, man. He just dope. He doesn't even know why he dope. He's just like, this is what I do, man. I'm Prince. So he, he plays the band plays. He's got the, I think that was the time he had twins on stage with him too. Yeah. Like they're jamming. We're all just sitting there. Like, are we watching a Prince concert? Like we're watching a Prince concert. He finishes, (laughs) like they finish the, their, their jam session. It's 15 minutes in. He's like, see y'all at the Super Bowl, and walks off the fucking stage. Love it. I was sitting there like, what just happened? So I actually got to see Prince twice in 48 hours because y'all went to the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, man. Hey, I'm smiling for you, bro. That is a great story. Dude, it was. That's the man. Like, you, it was so, like, I tried to explain it to Charles. He's like, what do you mean Prince had a concert before the Super Bowl? And I was like, you're not going to believe this shit. Like, and there were 200 200 people in the room. 200 people. A private concert. With Prince. Amazing. You can't beat that with a stick, man. You can't beat it with a stick. That's pretty cool. Like, that's, yeah, that's top notch right there, L Dog. Like, man. 
200? 200 <laughs> people. Just, and there's Prince. And there he goes. And they, and there he goes. they had told us, like, they had, because uh, in the convention center, they were like, if if you need to go to the bathroom, you got to go to the like second floor because Prince <laughs> Prince has got yeah, all no. the bathrooms on the first floor of the convention center on lock. You can't go nowhere near him. Don't say nothing. If you see him, don't look at him directly. <laughs> don't like, look at him. <laughs> like all Remember this? Jamie Foxx? When Jamie Foxx said you didn't look him in his eyes, did you? Exactly. <laughs> Remember that, uh, that stand up? Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then he came in there and did work, and we were like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like that was, it made it all worthwhile. Um, it was like, Mike, you have no idea, man. That day was so crazy. Like I'm pretty sure Amanda Beard, the the Olympic swimmer, asked Zach out on a date. Like all, man, so, it was, really? it was, dude. I'll get you the audio. It was amazing. <laughs> like we were sitting there, like, oh, Zach, a little pimp. All right, I hey, see you. Hey, Lauren, how much have you seen? Way more than I've seen, probably, huh? Of Zach. No, of like all that prints or just just random stuff. Yeah, like stuff. Random. The stuff that surrounds you guys, I I always random. thought was amazing. It's like random, huh? It's weird. <laughs> I remember you guys took you guys were playing in Tampa, mm-hmm. and the lobby at the Grand Hyatt in Tampa, like y'all was oh, balling yeah. that year, and people yeah. was just coming out of the woodwork, fam. It was packed, but you know it's Florida, so you know a lot of players. No, people. They people from Florida. Or like uh, the Renaissance Center in Detroit. Like you see people oh, just. You see? Just, yeah. They just roll up, man. It was. It was it's deep. It and is. Like, that's what I'm saying. We don't see that. So we, you know, we're in, we're like sequestered. So we don't see the craziness like that. Like that's what I'm saying. I know you probably seen some wild stuff, bro. Well, <laughs> I, that weekend was really obviously like it's a super bowl like i saw tj i saw i ran into thomas on south beach (laughs) like that the saturday before the super bowl and i was like tj no wait what's his name on the show though p valley what's his name maine maine (laughs) (laughs) go get it p Jones. that's a man right there though he's tired he's good family man he's he's a good dude i'm so happy to see isn't that amazing like i joked with him I had him on the show and I said, have you read your Wikipedia page? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, your Wikipedia page starts with Thomas Jones is an American actor. Oh, that's dope though. Like this is a dude that ran for 10,000 in the league. Man, put in that work, bro. Man, like you since high school. (laughs) Since high school. And his Wikipedia said he an actor. Was he the sixth pick of the draft? Yep. The sixth pick. I'm so happy that he's having that this opportunity to do great stuff and like he was great on Luke Cage and he's yep, just been killing it. He's like, a legit dude. He's, he's he's right up the street, man. Um, you know, I you know, I don't uh try to get into people's business or whatever, but I'm gonna try to get in touch with him and see what's up, man. I've been wanting to do that, so you gave me uh permission to good y'all y'all should do your own <laughs> podcast because that would be hilarious no, I just wanted to, like he was cool like i remember when he he went for a g man up there in minnesota man he was like the first one of the uh, chicago bears to go for a g man in, in a minute and it's just like he was just good people man like he was he's a true pro like you appreciate people that come in and and do their work and they do it respectfully they do it like gentlemen 
and very respectful for everyone that's in the locker room, and he's one of those guys. I think that him and Olin were two offensive dudes that had a defensive mentality. Oh, yeah. Like, Olin, Olin is a football dude. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's just football, all football. To me, like, I, I mean, Olin, to me, uh, would be my first pick in any football draft I would have. Um, that's how much I respect him as a football player, and not only as a football player, but as a leader. And uh, he's a little, he's a little, you gotta, you gotta, he, he wear, I mean, he's strong. He's the alpha dog. If you, you gotta understand, he's the alpha dog. But his, um, his realness, his heart, like his true love is evident, at least to me. So he would be my first pick because his knowledge of the game and how he goes about it is to me unmatched. Now that you've been away for the game, from the game for a while, is there anything that you miss that can't be replaced? Yeah, you can't hit people going. You can't hit nobody no more, bro. <laughs> you can't like you can't even do nothing. Like it's 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 hard to watch. Like of course, and then then you got the like people like oh you just got dogs. Like man, what am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> man, I'm like no, nah, I can't even hit the dude, bro. I can't even tackle him. Can't touch him. Like, get out of here, man. Who are players that free? Who who are players that you like right now, man? Dude, oh, you know, give me Eddie J all day. I, I like so like. I wish I I wish I had his skill. You know, I guess that's what I am. I, I'm I'm envious of Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I would say. I wish I had his his like he's super skillful. So I wish I had his skill. Um, Give me, give me, you know, oh man. They're big though. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I like, the game is so different now though. It's hard for me. It's going to be Adams, but he just got traded. And then it's going to be, uh, what's, what's my man's name for San Diego? James? Derwin James. Yeah, he's a monster. Like he's a freaking monster. And then Adams, who's he's with Seattle now, right? Yep. Yeah, he's like they get down, but they they do they can do way. I mean, they do a lot, bro. <laughs> They're, I mean, I think that's what I see. Uh, you know who I like though, but I don't know if they call him a safety. Is a uh, uh, the Badger man, T Matt, bro. He's a beast, Honey Happy? Badger. Yeah, he's a beast. But I don't know. Do they call him a safety? What do they call him? He's he's still a hybrid because there in some situations he's a corner and some he's corner, a safety. Right. Sometimes right. he's down in the box. Like he does a little bit of everything. See, that's like those type of dudes remind me of Peanut. Peanut could have been like that, bro. I've been all over the place, bro. <laughs> like do everything: linebacker, uh, corner, safety, <laughs> whatever, defensive lineman, whatever you want to do. I so think those, that. Those are, go ahead. I hope that he gets into the Hall of Fame. And he should be. I agree but, with you. Uh, why do Why do you think he should be in the hall? Just look at his stats. If you If you go off the of stats, if you just go off the of stats, he definitely should be on the Hall of Fame. But also, like I think, the one thing that I would say is that he has definitely changed the dynamic of the game with just what we call the peanut punch. So right there, if you are able to change the the way the game is played. And that's on your name, and you got stats to back it up. Hall of Fame to me. 
I think that, that there were a lot of people who didn't appreciate the fact that this was a corner that was taking the ball away. And it, it didn't get – it's weird because I feel like Charles didn't get appreciated for everything he did until maybe 10 years into the exactly. league. Because people didn't right. get it. Like he was taking the ball away the way that you would ask any defender to take the ball away. He's taking it at an incredible pace. More. Right. More. Like way more. Anything like – but look, hey, who 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 was in the middle? <laughs> you got Brian Perlacher. You got Leon Spriggs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. We have players, Lawrence, so people see what they want to see. But the players, but that's the thing. Like, you know how I am, Lawrence. Like, as long as the teammates that I know know that it, that I respect them and I love them. And we have the same. Like that's all that that I care about. I care if they they have to play football or anything like that. But as long as they know I was putting in work, we straight. And the peanuts the same way. But peanut deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a no doubter in my mind. I think like I told you, the stats speak for themselves. And they're like he changed the way people do things now. <laughs> like he really did. It's him. Like how how to get the ball out. He changed how that's done now. That is crazy. That's amazing. And he used to do it all the time. And I will tell you, it is not easy. We used to try to do it, and it takes a special skill to do it. So it is funny to me that when now you see players do it, like it's his name. Like <laughs> it's him. It's the peanut punch. That's what I'm saying. Like that's dope. <laughs> that that's a dope legacy to have. You know of what I mean? It is. Yes. Yes. That's him. Yes. Forever. The peanut punch. <laughs> Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? It's gotta be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so so for now, are you just happy being umpire, dad, soon to be driving instructor? Because that's gonna be a thing now yeah, with the daughter. <laughs> that, that, so so all these things, like do you feel like fulfilled? Or is there more stuff that you want to do? No, you know what? That that's that's the thing. That's the thing. I am. I'm definitely. I, I'm super grateful, man. I'm super grateful. I've I've become more faithful in like what I believe in and those type of things, and that's helped me tremendously. Um, so, yeah, man. Like I, I'm super grateful the place that I'm at. I'm super grateful that I get opportunities to do things, and so. That's the the mindset that I take into every day now. So, um, yeah, I'm super happy, super grateful. I'm super blessed. Like, um, I like I have a I would say an easy life. You know what I'm saying? Like it's very simple. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm Lawrence. I get to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm good, baby. So I appreciate you. That's all I can say. I appreciate you doing this, Mike. I know that a lot of this stuff is not easy for you to revisit, um, but I yeah. but I'll tell you that part of the reason that that I I first of all, I mean, you knew from the time that you were a player, like I love talking to you anyway. But yeah, we kicked it, yeah. But but I think that for a lot of Bears fans, like you're the guy, like you're you're the guy that a lot of thirty jerseys got sold. You know what I'm saying? Like like a, a, a lot of. I'm the regular dude, man. I think I'm just the regular dude. <laughs> but but I but they feel you, and I they I think that they always felt you. 
Like everyone man. can see that Brian Urlacher is a superhero. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, not. He, oh man, he is though. <laughs> but but not all of us can be superheroes. Exactly. That's why I love sports. <laughs> but but if you work hard enough, you can maybe be Mike Brown if you work you, hard. Hey, enough. you can grab on capes. <laughs> <laughs> You can grab on cakes, homeboy. You got to work hard to catch them, though. <laughs> no, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you always having my back, too. Lawrence, you know how I feel about you. All love, brother. And, you know, shout out to the shot, baby. They miss you, dude. They miss you. All right, sure. brother. All right, God man. Bless. Be well. All right, man. Peace. That was so fun, man. It was fun to just talk with him about all of this stuff, like everything that he's gone through. And that story about his wife showing up in the locker room. Wow. Like, that's hilarious. That is hilarious stuff from Mike Brown. Very. You can tell why his teammates talked about him being a great teammate. He's one of those guys that kept things loose but also had a point of view and was respected by the guys that he played with and I'm I mean I know that he's still living like trying to work through missing out on playing in the Super Bowl and I mean I don't mean to throw shade but one does wonder if that touchdown pass to Reggie Wayne happens if Mike Brown is on the field. We all wonder it, right? But he's he's great. Like, he's great. And I like... It's fun for me to see all of these guys. Like, to see them all grown up now. And now they're they're all in on their kids. They're all in on it. And Mike Brown, the baseball umpire, is hysterical to me. Hysterical. But I'm glad that he's doing well and he seems comfortable in his own skin, which is the most important thing that that one can be. So I thank him. I thank him very much for being on the podcast. By the way, the podcast is brought to you by 56david.com. If you are finance refinancing or trying to finance a home, you should call him 855-56-David. Great thing about David is he will walk you through the process. If you're trying to buy a home or you're trying to refinance it, he will walk you through the process and then he will run through walls for you. Whatever it is you need, he's got you taken care of. Go to his website if you don't believe me, 56david.com. Look for yourself. He's worked on both of my homes. Like, I had my condo in Kenwood. He was there. When I was like, I need, like, a house house, he helped me with that, too. 855-56-DAVID is where you can find him. I highly recommend that that you talk to him if you're in a position to, to buy a home. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. We're also brought to you by Mazda of Orland Park. ZoomZoomNation.com. They're good people. And they care a lot about sports stuff. 
So when I do the sports pods, I want you to understand that Mazda of Orland Park, like they're huge into my Loho recaps on the White Sox games. Like they love sports. And the fact that they love sports advertising is even better. ZoomZoomNation.com. I'm trying to think if there are other pieces to that puzzle of people that I want to talk to, like from that era of the Bears. I mean, I haven't had Olin on House of L yet. And talking with him, like getting him one-on-one and talking football with him would be dope. Because in the group setting, it's amazing to sit and listen to him talk about football. So if I got him one-on-one and we could really, because he always says we don't have time to dive into the X's and O's. But on this podcast, we could totally dive into the x and o's and i like what olin's doing with his life and and that the idea of trying to help people do something with that aggression the fact that he's out training people i think is great he's also hysterical like laugh out loud funny and he's sharp like he gets in these zingers i wonder what it would be like to be his teammate because he's relentless. If he get if he gets you on something, he's not going to let it go. But I've enjoyed working with him. I'll miss – I'll actually really miss that. I'll miss working with those guys because of the education that I got in, in watching football. But also, we just had fun. Like, you're in a room with Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, Matt Forte, and Olin Krutz while watching football. It's – Better than going to grad school. Better than getting a master's degree in in football. Working with those dudes. But I'm glad I got a chance to talk with Mike. Because Mike was one of those dudes, like, we had a good enough relationship when I was covering the team that occasionally he would tell me stuff, like, during practice. And I mean, like, training camp practices where he'd be like, do you see that shit? (laughs) Like, can you believe that? I think that he was always amazed at some of the stuff that his other teammates, like especially Erlacher, did. And that Arizona game, man, that's a that's something that Bears fans won't forget, nor should they. Because it was there's no way they should have won that game. No way in hell they should have won that game. And I mean Dennis Green said it the best. He he didn't think they should have won that game either, but they did. Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What did you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way? No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. Matt Liner will be one of the persons from probably about five minutes away. So I love that at the end that the PR guy is like, "Oh, Matt Liner is coming up next." <laughs> So I was told a story, not by Mike Brown, 
I was told a story of inside the locker room during that. They saw Dennis Green, and they had the volume up. So as the Bears are celebrating this win, they see Dennis Green, and someone yelled out, it may have been Olin Cruz. You tell him, Denny. So great. So great. But, yeah, I'm happy that Mike had time, and I do think that if – if he feels comfortable going into coaching after his children grow up a little bit more, I think that he'd be great at it. He downplayed it, but I think we all know that that guy knows the game and could probably teach the game. But he's not wrong about the nonsense that happens with coaches where they're, oh, my God, I've been sleeping here. Go home. Go home. You don't need to be here. Think about all these coaches that you see do this, and most of them lose. I'm sure Bill Belichick like spends hours and hours at facilities, but also it seems like he still has a good time. I don't know. I think the whole thing's pretty crazy. I thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Shout out to number 30, Mike Brown for being on the podcast. We got more cool stuff coming up. Make sure you go back and check out some of the, the previous episodes of House of L. Like, I actually did have Lance Briggs on and had Alex Brown on. I got to get Forte. I got to get him on a one-on-one. So, I'm Olin and Forte. I don't know if Lack will sit down with me. Maybe. We'll see. But I appreciate your support of this podcast. Please subscribe, write a review, give us five stars, all that good stuff. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe. Play the game. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.